that sort of year, is it? Okay. It is. It's going to be that sort of year. Welcome. It's 2023. It's dropped kickoff time. And we are starting off. We're coming out of break early. Thanks to uh, some news that has just been announced. I've got the trusty Nathan Williamson, the marketing pigeon and T-boy by my side uh, from Rugby Australia here to talk about the what the hell has happened in the last 48 hours or so. Nathan, how was your break? <laughs> uh, relaxing. Um, you know, it was actually good. You know, I rocked up to, to the office Monday morning thinking it's just going to be a normal day. You know, build of what Sydney Servants and Hamilton coming up. And then a nuclear bomb just went off. <laughs> the good old, good old A-bomb just landed. And yeah, I'm still, tr- still processing what just happened. <laughs> okay, for context for everyone listening, like we have, a, we have like a dropped kickoff chat. Um, don't look at, don't get worried at me, Nate. I can see your face going like, yeah, we can't talk about what, what, what goes on in the chat. Oh, it's but, more just what Josh posts. We don't need. Oh yeah. Like, we don't talk about what Josh posts. No, we don't talk about that's uh that's uh, that's like the after hours dropped kickoff podcast. Uh, <laughs> but for context, like Natho drops the link this morning and then just casually says before anyone's had the chance to drop the link, uh, guys, Dave's gone. And my initial thoughts was, he's gone where? Like, has he disappeared into thin air? Like, what's going on? And then I read this article that not only is he gone, but uh, he's been replaced by Eddie Jones on a five-year contract. Um, what the hell has happened here, Nate? What on earth has gone on here? Honestly, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, I'm, I mean, I, I'm still trying to process it myself. Um, it seems like one of those moves that, you know, I think a squidge put it perfectly. It's all or nothing. It is mm. that Eddie's become available and it's a case of he wasn't going to, let's face it, someone was going to pick him up in 23, whether it was an emerging nation, a tier one nation or a club, you know, he spends more time at Suntory. So it seems like a right. We want Eddie for at least the post World Cup. We want a home World Cup. We, we want Eddie in charge. Mm. In order to do so, we have to make that move now. And that's that's kind of my... Again, it's my guess because I, I honestly, I this completely caught, caught. I think caught has caught everyone off guard. And no, let's face it, they were in camp last week with Dave Rennie. Yeah, he, he picked the squad. So like, and he picked, went through a four day camp. Like, this has come so out of the blue. But yeah, geez, what a move to make. I'm, I'm kind of. I feel like it's it. Something has moved very, very quickly at very, very short notice. Or there's this is just a big, massive bomb that has been like building for like behind the scenes for quite a while from the moment it was announced that Eddie would no longer be with England. Um, I, I think all, I think we, we talked about it just before the podcast. I begged the question as to what exactly suddenly the Scott Wise mantle departure at the start of the year opens up a whole bunch of more questions because I mean, he left England in 2018 to come to work here with the Wallabies. So clearly there must've been something going on in the back yeah, I, I, I just don't know. Again, and it could be, that's one of the things, he left for family reasons in, in the quote. So you kind of have to, it's one of those ones, you can't really speculate. I don't like speculating on that sort of stuff. It's, it's again, It could legitimately be, but yeah, you look at how many assistant coaches Eddie's gone through, that he could have seen the writing on the wall and just has gone early. I think another thing, which I think might've had a, a bit to play with as well is, well, Dave, when Dave was up for media, I want to say Monday or Tuesday, he made it very clear he wasn't working with Eddie. Oh, Eddie, and Eddie made it clear he wasn't coming in as assistant. 
I think that, I, Dave also said his future quote will probably be clearer in the next few months. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did have a deal lined up. And they've kind of made the move of, well, if you're not, if you're guaranteed not going to be here past 2023, we're going to make the call now and see what happens. Like, like, but God, what I, 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 I'm still, I'm, 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 I can't put words together. I literally can't put words together. It's one of those moves, which I, I, I'm not, I'm just not sure on. I, God, you're going to have, what, I think it's five tests. I think we have Four in the rugby championship, and then a warm up against France a couple of potentially a couple of weeks before. I think that's what's being penciled in. That's that's not much time for a coach to come in. Mm. Not only with no attacking coach as well. Like you could have realistically a, a brand new assistant coaches taking over this job. But God, again, I would have given personally. I would have given Dave till twenty three. I think he's had a, a rough set of injuries, a rough set of luck. When it comes to the close matches, I think you've seen the growth, but I, th- I think that it's this is the, it's a statement. It's a statement that says, you know what, we're not going to be content with if we make a semi-final. Well, you know, I I think Hamish was done. Hamish spoke to AFP today and said, I find the quote exactly. Eddie and I believe we can win the World Cup this year, and that there's that's a lot to do, but we really believe we we've got a fair shake. Mm. And I think this is what it, this is. This is this is the shake-up. This is, you know trying to make a statement and really kind of use 23 as that, the 23 World Cup as this platform that can all of a sudden, you know, go for broke, see if you end up coming up gold and then all of a sudden you get 27 on board as mm. this home World Cup that can really launch a game. Mm. Rugby Reg from the from the, the much better Green and Gold podcast, uh, formerly, renowned, formerly known, uh, kind of actually said, echoed a similar point earlier today when we were talking with Squidge and he basically was saying that we weren't, in his eyes, we weren't going to win a World Cup with Dave. Mm. Eddie, we might. Which I think is interesting. I think it's it because let, let's talk about Dave and his last three years for a second here. Because, yes, the, that 36% winning record is not for pretty viewing. Like, it is clear that it's like a, a long way below the next best performing coaches in the likes of, you know, your Checkers and your Ewan McKenzie's. Um, do we genuinely believe that he it was a simple case that whether it be through the circumstances that he found himself in with player after player getting injured and having to, you know, really kind of shake up consistency, some may argue build death, but let's call it what it was. It was, it was pl- significant player injuries that made him, to, made him have to shake up a lot of his plans. Or was it a case that his approach to the coaching style just led to results or a lack of results that over time just built up? What do we think? Is it is it is Rennie has Rennie been hard done by? So again, that question was why I would have given him, to, you know, till the end of the year. I think you legitimately could have answered that with this World Cup, but we we, we will never know. And. There was that. There's that train of thought that Dave might have been too nice to the players in the sense of he's, you know, built such a wonderful culture and you know nurtured these players through. But was he willing to kind of put the foot down and kind of, you know, and put the foot down and you know make a statement when needed? Whilst you're not going to get, you're not going to get that with Eddie. He's going to be blunt. He's going to be to the point, and he's going to, you know, you look look at the discipline issues. Can you say? Can you say an Eddie Jones team giving up 
what was it, 13 yellow cards in 14 tests no. with the three reds? No. He, he's going to whip that out. He's going to whip that out of shape. Mm. You know, it's it's one of those things. I Again, despite the despite the winning record kind of lingering under 40%, I still think he, he had a positive tenure. He, mm. he got it, got the Wallabies into a position where you can legitimately, you know, if Dave didn't perform as well as he has, kind of in the sense of, from the player development perspective, rather, let's forget about results. I don't think you can then, we can sit here and say, well, now with Eddie, he can win a World Cup. Like, those steps don't happen unless Dave has kind of built this culture. The question is how the players buy into Eddie Jones. Eddie, you know, he has a history of when he goes places, he can get that initial spark. Look at England when he took over after 2015. You look at, you know, he left us in 2007, went to Springboks, technical advisor, got him to a World Cup. He has that knack of building, you know, getting that boost to the players. It's the fact he signed for five years. That's a big move. Mm. And my, 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 my thought behind this as well is, is all five, he's overseeing the Wallaroos as well. So he'll, what that means, I have no idea because I, you know, I don't believe there's been an announcement on if Jay Trudon is staying as head coach. I, mm. I, I don't think that's been announced. Does, is all five years as head coach? Or, or does he? Is there that possibility that you know after three years, you, you know, that's usually the cycle of an of an Eddie Jones tenure. You start getting players coming out saying, "I'm not happy with you." The assistants start going. Does that, or do you all of a sudden give up the reins to someone else, or and he moves into a director of rugby role? Is mm. that? A, I don't. I don't even know if that's a possibility. But like, is that something we start thinking about? What does this, what does this mean for Dan McKellar as well? He was supposed yeah. to be this, this heir apparent. The word was we wanted an Australian coach to take over in 23. Dan, Dan makes the move, gives up in Brumby's role. You, you know, he's like what? Yeah, I think this is his first, this first year as a full-time assistant. And all of a sudden, where does he look? Yeah, that's – it is – As an assistant, does – he was, you know, next in line. What do you – is this kind of Larkham 2.0 in the sense of he's been promised this – on you know, not promised a job, but all but – said, you're our next man in line, and all of a sudden they've gone with someone else. Mm. Like, it does. It, there are so many questions that, that have, are here. Like, there are so many. I think that the 2027 role says a lot. I think it says a lot. The What I think, and, and I, I posted a, a rant about it on Twitter this afternoon because I kind of had to think about it. One of the things that did really come up during the Dave Rennie era was a set was a simple case of I think there are many shortcomings in Australian rugby. We all know this. We've all seen it for a while. Whether it be the 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 running, the conditioning of the players, how the Super Rugby teams up until relatively recently have been run, um, challenges with depth. We don't have the depth compared to a team to, to a country like New Zealand, a country like South Africa. Now the likes of England and France. The pro- these problems will continue to exist no matter who you change as head coach. And that no ma- and, and at the end of the day, you can have one of the best coaches in the world, and those problems will still exist. That's that is and that was no clearer than than Dave Rennie than the time under Dave Rennie. I think he, I personally think an answer to the question. I think he could have potentially gotten us gotten us to a semi final run easily, partially because we would have had a good run if we had performed well. If we performed well in the group stages, which we had the capability to do, and 
we've seen how dangerous a Dave Rennie side is when they get on a roll. You only have to look at how they how they went when they were playing against South Africa and New Zealand and Argentina and then against Japan in the twenty in twenty twenty one, which was probably the highlight of that entire time. But if there is anyone who is able to address these particular problems, I think it is some in world rugby completely right now. I think it is someone like Eddie Jones, because absolutely he knows how he knows all the flaws in Australian rugby. He's spoken about it very publicly. He's made it extremely clear, here are the problems with the game. The question is, how does he address them? How does he solve that as a, as a head coach, but also whether it be in a director of rugby role later down the track? Maybe he sees this as a shot of redemption because, I mean, Eddie Jones, we also forget like how much this, how much Eddie Jones has achieved. He's actually the last Australian coach who actually won a Bledisloe. That says a lot, doesn't it? There's some great symmetry there if he can if he can get it done. And I mean, and a year like this where we're not playing at Eden Park, no, why not? You know, New Zealand have their own coaching issues. Imagine, imagine Eddie Eddie Jones will get into the, like as soon as that Blairsley comes around. Can you imagine what he's going to be saying to Ian Foster get under his skin? He's gonna he's gonna have that kind of that ammo ready to go. You know, there's a chance the the first game. Not, I don't think rugby championship schedule is out, but your first game is either South Africa in South Africa. Again, tough, but let's get a team Eddie knows. Or it's Argentina where you get Eddie V. Czech part, I don't know, 25, 26 at this point, where just Eddie, it's like scissors, scissors, paper, rock, scissors, beats, gets beat by rock. Eddie beats Czech. It's just, it's one of those things that just happens. Um, and, you know, that could be a quarterfinal as well, which I love as well, is at a, at a World Cup, we could be facing... It could be, you know, Eddie v. Czech, uh, Eddie versus the te- Japan, the team he, he, you know, just turned around and has all of a sudden turned into a legitimate T1 team on their day, or Eddie v. England, which is just, as as someone put, I couldn't find the tweet, is Eddie p- petty enough to just to get beat by Wales, make sure Australia comes second just so we can go and knock out England? <laughs> I, yes. I, I wouldn't put, yes. Yes, yes he is. Answer. Yes, he is. Come on. It, like, if there's one thing that you you cannot deny about Eddie Jones is that he, that is how he is. That is how he operates. He's always he always likes a bit. He always likes to be cheeky. He's a brilliant rugby brain, no denying that. Um, but it's one of those things. And I, I think he sat down with Goldigger a couple of couple of weeks ago, which again, great interview. Going to be great. Check out part one. I think part two is on its way. But he put a snippet of Eddie kind of talking about his coaching future and said. He, he was looking for one. He was looking for kind of one last gig. I th- and I think this, he kind of wanted something that was going to be rewarding and to, to paraphrase what he was saying. Um, he, yeah. I, I, sorry, I, the exact quote is, I want to do a job that makes a difference. I mean, mm. when you think he's signed on 27 and if Eddie can get, can get us firing, you know, we have, the, we have the cattle, we have the draw that can, you know, Quite constantly, as you mentioned, get us to a semi-final and then see what happens from there. If he gets that going, and all of a sudden we win a, we win twenty three. Oh, not win twenty three, but put it because we're talking way too far. You know, we've just come off like a two and three spring tour, and one of the worst years statistically in a while. If we can just get to a get to a semi-final, get to a final, build momentum, that can that can set the game up. It really can. It's but it does feel like this is the. 
this is the chips are all in this like what happened what happens if we get beat by say say what happens if we get beat by argentina like first or second game what happens then what happens if we all of a sudden get beat by wales it's another quarterfinal exit like what happens then it's one of those ones you've got to be half full because you start thinking half empty it starts looking really empty it's it's, yeah it's the pivotal moment of, for the of the decade. I like because thinking about it logically, Eddie is contracted for five years. Not only is it got the twenty three World Cup, there there is also included in their alliance tour. There is also included in their the twenty twenty seven World Cup here the in Australia. Twenty five World Cup for the women's, which is and the twenty five World Cup. Thank you. And that's the time when essentially. They want or has been earmarked in the past of the Wallaroos turning into a professional team, mm. a professional outfit. So you have yeah three World Cups and a Lions tour and a plethora of Bledisloes. Like when you consider uh, they they've called this the golden decade, and this again, it's such a pivotal moment, such a pivotal moment, such a pivotal pivotal, pivotal time for it's Australian rugby. <laughs> I wish it were pivotal or pitiable, either either or. It's such a crucial moment, and this just is the. It, it feels like the nuclear option. This either goes really well or really bad, and you know that's ultimate fence sitting for me there. But like, God, but I tell you what, it does make Super Rugby really interesting, doesn't it? There's gonna be. Let's, I started thinking that today. Like, no, no position safe. Like, in the in, you know. The overseas law, ghetto law, whatever you want to call it, that could change completely. That mm. could now all of a sudden open up to, you know, Eddie's served his time on the other end as um, the, I think he was advisor or something to do with Suntory with Simon Krevy. Like Tim Walsh was talking today about how he's kind of, how he helped get Krevy back to Australia for, for the Com games and to get him kind of playing seven. So he understands the law. Does he open it up? And what does that what does that mean for you know the forty plus players that were picked by Dave Rennie last week? It means all of a sudden it's it's a it's a fresh slate. Mm. You can legitimately have you have Waratahs Brumbies that open on opening night. You had twenty plus I think twenty plus players in that Wallaby squad. Now that that becomes a shootout. Every Australian mm. game becomes a shootout, and it's it all, it makes Super Rugby all of a sudden a whole lot more important. Mm, the question, question is: Is there anyone you reckon that's outside of that, outside the setup? You reckon Eddie is going to be desperate to bring in, or could shine in an Eddie Jones attack? That is a good question. Vinavali seems like the number. Vinavali and Harry Wilson seem like the two that kind of that interest me. Two that haven't really had that chance to. You know, when Harry Wilson starts, he's, he started at he started at six in the All Blacks game, and then all of a sudden was out of the spring tour. Vinavalu's got four minutes, and that's it. Mm. But has it? <laughs> uh, but ultimately, didn't perform in Australia. Right? So, what is? Is he all of a sudden back in? Like, it's so many. Again, the nature of recording this is, you know, the, you know, it's less than ten hours since it's been announced. So, there's still so many questions that could come out of this. Mm. It's a really delicate moment for the game, but it's, it's exciting because there's <laughs> the jealous in me is loves the chaos. <laughs> that's that's got to be the most Kirsty Doran thing you've ever you've ever freaking said. The journalist in me loves the chaos. 
honestly, we could go so many different ways here. It, it mm. opens things up. It doesn't open up for a good. I I don't know. I, I honestly, I couldn't tell you at this moment, but God, it's, it's going to get people talking about rugby. It absolutely yeah. is. I mean, you, you only have to see how much of a, like how many people are talking about this all around the world. It is such a holy crap moment. Um, well, I mean, as Ben, ben as I'm going through Twitter right now, Ben Alexander tweets, you know, rugby unions featuring the news before tennis during the Australian Open. It's unheard of. Mm. Like that's the level of importance and significance this can take. And again, my problem, like I've made this comment before under under Rennie, we had we had those moments where we had it felt like one of those ones we had to win, you know, we had to beat England to make a statement. You know, we had to get the get the Bledisloe win at Marvel. We had to have a spring tour where we finished, where we, we went over 50%. How many times did we actually do it? Yeah. Like, we we sold out three games in 2020, 2022, lost all three of them. Mm. Like, we're going to play, I think it's two home games. I don't think they've confirmed the second one yet. But the, the All Bucks games at the MCG, you could have a 80, 90,000 plus crowd mm. if you know considering there's there's not many other opportunities to watch Wallabies this year imagine if you win then with with all the attention eddie's going to bring all the attention you know, the build and the hype that he's going to have around this team the, you know the battles he's going to have with the all blacks imagine if you get it done then and then you go then you go to dunedin all, all of a sudden you, you, there's this momentum around the game even if you get beat then you then go to a World Cup with all of a sudden some positive talk around the team. Mm. You, then, you then get get to a finals when there's open, I think there's open space in terms of, I think the first first final is, yeah, it's 14th to 15th of October. There's no AFL or NRL or, you know, the cricket's still in its infancy at that time. That's open space. Imagine if we're firing during that time and what that could do. Yeah. God, it's... It has endless possibilities, but I, I, it's, I, I don't know how to process at this stage. Yeah. Uh, so many, like, the more people are kind of processing it, I think uh, Michael Atkinson probably put put this this best, and this is probably a kind of a good point for us to, to start to wrap up on the, on the whole thing. He kind of mentioned, like, he's been a big Rennie fan from day one, but he can't help seeing Eddie Jones as a huge positive. Mm. World-class meticulous, intelligent, planned, and demands high standards. And he dem- and he is backing this to be a masterstroke by Rugby Australia this year. Um, I'm more cautious, personally, but it's been proven before that this somehow, weirdly, crazily enough, can work, think, in all think, honesty. Think Checker in 2015. Sure, he had I had an extra spring tour on Eddie, but we we got to a final. You know, England sure kind of looked a bit average during the spring tour, but all you know that game against New Zealand where he all of a sudden all of a sudden engineered that draw out of nothing. That was his. Mm. That's his final. Oh, sorry, the South African game was before that, but they showed enough then that they could. Yeah, Eddie Jones still has that kind of spark. You look at, you know. If you look at kind of Wallaby's problems, what what a better way to look at look at the problems than someone who had three tests on home soil, who understands how you know Australians want to play. It's one of those things. 
it's it's a bold it's a bold move, but it just might be the right one. It just mm. it's gonna be it, I just it's gonna be interesting to see, see how the players react when you have such a positive like a, such a well liked positive coach that kind of builds that builds has built such a culture the players were you know have you saw the fight they were willing to go go to war for Dave. Mm. How do you now tell the players that hey that coach is gone? Get behind Eddie. You have one training camp. You have one training camp before you go into battle. How does how does Eddie Starr work with him? You know, you get you hear mixed reports out of England. You don't know which ones do you follow. Do you follow the you know the all of a sudden report, the smoking guns that are saying that you know he's made players cry before or he's kind of he's been a bit prickly with them or do you follow the guys that say he's still one of the best coaches in the world? It's it's a we're heading into the unknown, and you know what? I, I'm I'm here for the ride. Uh, I'm willing. I'm happy. I'm happy to get behind Eddie. Let's see. Let's see where he can take this team. The journalist in you loves the chaos. He is one of the best coaches in the world. Let's not oh, deny 100%. that. You cannot deny that. So, te- absolutely terrifying prospect, but also could be potentially the best thing. It could be the the co- he could be the coach that we need for this touted golden decade. If they say it's a golden decade, it's only reflective if we actually get results. If we get only if we get results, and the truth is that probably since you and Mackenzie, we haven't had results. So there comes a point where fifty percent winning records are not enough. Even though, of course, record winning records are not a, a, an indication of where things have been. And I think this leads us to a last point, a last point of discussion to talk about this. We we've, we've kind of you know. We, I should add, we had a kind of a funny joke on the uh, this weekend beforehand. I was down in Barangaroo, uh, just chilling out, and I saw and I, and Dave Rennie was actually down there, just re- walked past him, and he was wearing a barbar shirt, which immediately made me go, "Oh, that's a bit ominous." Where is he off to? And then, who, lo and behold, he's actually gone the in 48, 48 hours later. What if we could summarize Dave Rennie's time in the Wallabies with the at the Wallabies? In one sentence, in one word, in one phrase, in one moment, what do we call it? The promise. There was we saw plenty of promise in the way we played, but ultimately, that it was just promise. There was not. There was no kind of. It, we saw the promise. We saw the sparks, but we never saw the full thing. We never saw the full results. I think that's. That's ultimately what, 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 why, why we're here. We kind of, yeah, it just, we saw promise, we saw potential, but we just didn't get that. Just didn't get that result. And ultimately, it opened the door for a move like this to be made. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's, I'd nail that. I think it's, it's, it's sad because the team had become a side that I was really pr- proud to watch again under his reign because they were playing a style of rugby and a, and, a, and a method of rugby that was really enjoyable, exciting. Even though the results weren't there, it was clear that this team was going somewhere, but not fast enough. Jo- uh, we, we had Jock Cudmore who messaged us on Drop Kickoff Twitter, who pretty much also nails it down on the head. Feel bad for Rennie, but I get the decision. Massive fan of him, and he will go on to be successful wherever he lands next. It's all England's fault. Always is. <laughs> RA had to act sooner than they'd hoped. 
he might inject some venom into the team at least, and they need a ruthless streak. And maybe, uh, and I think that that is something Eddie will definitely bring. Great. I think, yeah, that's, if there's one thing you know Eddie's going to bring, he's going to bring that competitive, combative attitude, that competitive, men- com- combative, sorry, combative, men- um, we words good in journalism. <laughs> yeah. You can tell this you can tell it's been a long day, okay? <laughs> it's been a long day of writing and I'm my brain is currently mush, hence why I am struggling to put sentences together well. Um, he, he's going to he's going to bring that edge and ultimately that's what's been that's missed. It's been missing and it ultimately could be a thing that ends up taking his team to the next level. Again, it's but we're on for the ride now. Let's let's see where it takes us. Embrace the chaos. That's the yep. only way Embrace forward. the chaos. Let's go. Embrace the chaos. Well, she's a short and sweet one. Thank you very much, Natho, as always, for talking rugby with me. It's a uh, – and, God, what, you, what a way to start the year. Holy shit. I'm uh, – uh, I was looking forward to just an easy – not an easy start, but, you know, getting behind Sydney Sevens, getting behind them as they return this week in Hamilton. You know, so, you, you know, you've had that appetite wet for rugby. Go watch that. Get behind, get behind next week at Allianz. But, yeah. It just, it, it's never a dull day. It's never a dull day in rugby. Just when you kind of think you have all the answers, it, the questions change, and they change language as well. It's <laughs> it's it's great. It's honestly, it's one of those things. There's, you know, there's nothing like sport. There's nothing like rugby. Just deliver this drama. So let's let's see where it takes us in 2023. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it pans out. <laughs> Couldn't put it better myself. <laughs>